Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, joined today by good friends Mason from Buffalo and Bradford Sonnenberger. So Mason, the Super Bowl is set. Chiefs, Eagles, feels like we got the two best teams. Feels like we did get the two best teams. Absolutely. I I think after this weekend, there's really not much of a doubt in it. As far as at this point in the season is concerned, with all the attrition everyone suffered, these are the two best rosters capable of putting the best game on right now. Yeah, so let's just get into it. Uh, Niners-Eagles. So, yeah, that quarterback injuries. No, no, I'm just playing. You know, there's there's no other place this podcast can really begin then from alberta canada eating his soup smiling (laughs) politely at the camera with his brand new haircut a man who calls himself a kansas city chiefs fan a man who is about to revel in delight bradford i'll let you finish your soup but the floor is now yours go ahead unmute yourself just say what you gotta say Hey, fellas. Good night of football today. Uh, listen, I want to say before we get into this, I know that this, there might be some some hurt feelings over this call. Uh, I know you guys are not uh, the biggest Chiefs fans that I've encountered, being <laughs> Bills and Broncos fans. But I don't want I don't want to I don't want to focus on uh, what divides us. I want to focus on what brings us together, and what brings us together is football, a beautiful game. And in this beautiful game, there are winners and there are losers. And the losers are the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm sorry. I understand that there were some bad calls in this game. But you can't spend all week talking about Burrow, man. You can't coon on three and the jabroni-ass mayor talking about Burrow being his daddy. This is what you get. I don't want to hear about it. The Chiefs were down three starting receivers early on in this game. Our quarterback had one leg. I don't want to hear about it. What the, the catharsis that I feel right now is unbelievable. I understand that the Chiefs in the NFL are the villains, but every good story needs a villain. Where would Star Wars be without Darth Vader? And I got bad news for you all. It's Empire Strikes Back. This is Infinity War. Thanos is snapping, and you all are turning to dust. Do you hear me? Oh, oh man, Chris Jones getting that sack. Same situation as last year, but this time, Burrow can't slip out of it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, hey, football is a beautiful game, and today is a beautiful day. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say uh, the league office should be absolutely fucking ashamed of themselves uh, <laughs> at the shit that happened today all across all these games. Just terrible officiating everywhere. That tragic on every level. Like very bad, like a straight up missed. Basically handed the Eagles an early lead on like a clear miss call of a of a catch, you know. And then in this, I mean, it's just unbelievable. The Chiefs really did just get like three extra plays for free. That they just got three extra plays for free. That's that's the way it worked. And I'm just tired of. You know, I, I know Bradford is going to say, but hey, we made better plays. I don't want to hear about officiating this, that, and the other thing. 
Stop it. You guys are the new Patriots. Roger Goodell has his hands on the button. Oh, God. And he's saying, hey, when Mahomes is in these big games, you make sure you give him those calls because we want our best product in our biggest games. So congrats, Bradford. How does it feel to be a Patriots fan? It's really not that. This, when you're suggesting congratulations, you are uh, 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 similar to a fan of the greatest dynasty in sports history. It's not quite the insult that I, I think you mean it to be, Eric. I know. I know there were some. There were some. some got, the Chiefs got some calls, which I find in the playoffs they don't always get those calls. They did get them today, but the Bengals had so many chances to win. So many chances. Burrow threw a couple picks. And let's not let's not forget about the one penalty that isn't debatable. Osai, my brother, what are we doing? That's- who day? Who day gonna beat them Bengals? Joseph <laughs> Osai is going to. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? He was a full two steps out of bounds. Like that was unbelievable that he decided to make that call. Maybe though out of everybody, uh maybe had the worst day of any any person today. Because not only did he cost his team the game there, he tore his knee, which is just, I mean. And the, 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 like, outside of the human aspect of him tearing his knee and that sucking, like, the very delicious part of this, it was literally 10 seconds before that that Tony Romo's like, wow, Sai's been having, like, a really good game he here. It's like, damn, absolutely <laughs> savages every hope his team could possibly have in 0.2 seconds. And I, I, just to get out of the way quick, do you want to have your Romo sidebar early on in this Yeah, I, I was about to bring it I up. I can see and your face. Before we get off the officials, I would like to congratulate them. Their best call all the night was a side judge making a call on an incomplete pass he couldn't have possibly have seen and yet was right so i mean you know congratulations <laughs> to him yeah that was kind of funny yeah it's <laughs> it was like, wow, he couldn't have possibly have seen the ball on that and yet he called it incomplete and yeah, it's time I mean, to check in that. on uh it's time to check in on where we're at as a collective society with tony romo uh we started with oh man this guy's great he predicts plays and stuff and then slowly and steadily, he just became the best meme I saw today was the Michael Scott meme, where he's like, sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying before I say it. I just start talking and the words just kind of come. And that's just the perfect way to describe Tony Romo. He never really knows the point he's getting at. He just kind of war vomits until he gets there. And can we just like get a room with Patrick Mahomes already. Like this guy, like you're trying to be at least a little bit unbiased. This guy's love for Patrick Mahomes is bigger than Bradford's probably. He's the biggest Patrick Mahomes fan in the entire nation, Tony Romo. I used you don't to think Chris a- Collinsworth might eclipse that? Because it feels like he tries to work Patrick Mahomes' name into literally every broadcast he does. Very, very close, very close. Both of them are similar. I didn't think I would run into Tony Romo fatigue this early in his broadcasting career, but after three years, I have Tony Romo fatigue. I I no longer want to hear him call big games. I don't think that's unreasonable. And I can tell you this from the perspective of a Chiefs fan, I I even find it nauseating. Like, shut up. Like, he does it with Josh Allen, too. And it's not quite as bad as Mahomes, but I mean, he did it. We got the champs on the ropes. Josh Alien, Mr. January. Like, 
It's like he he's just become like a, a like a hype man for quarterbacks. I was very glad to be at those games and not listening to him on a broadcast after hearing all of that because it's like oh I don't want to I don't want to listen to you say that stuff, man. Like the point about Michael Scott is so accurate. Like it's like every play, it's like oh I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. This oh this is gonna be this one's gonna be close, Jim. Oh and you know, Jim. I don't I don't know, Jim. And it's just like yeah. I mean. It's, you know what? We honestly haven't seen that original Tony Romo form in a while. When was the last time you heard him be like, oh, man, watch this tight end. He's going to come up in the flat here, and they're going to throw it straight to him, and it's a touchdown. And then literally two seconds later, it happens. I, I don't remember the last time he's done anything like that. Sometimes uh, he's gotten to the point now where he's a little bit arrogant with it, where I don't know if you guys noticed <laughs> this play where the Chiefs were in the red zone, and he drew the hot route for, uh, I think it was like, whoever the Chiefs had for probably Marquez Valdez-Scantling at that point. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling went the exact opposite direction. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, that, that, that was very funny. He just, he's doing his best, and I understand it. You want to bring he's enthusiasm. That's a lie. He's capable of being the best guy in football at this, and he was, and now he sucks. He's not doing his best whatsoever. It's insufferable to listen to. I think he's doing his best. I think he's just generally, genuinely gets too overexcited and like has a hard time controlling his enthusiasm, which as someone who on this podcast has that problem sometimes, I can't really be critical of him for that, but it's just like we need to take a, a step back and say like, okay, buddy, like you got your big million dollar contract, like reevaluate, like, He's just so far outclassed by the other guys that do it in Greg Olson, who's probably the best. He is the best. Period. Yeah. Foot Outside of, yeah. The best period, fo- end of story, football analyst on TV slash in media is Greg Olson, followed m- maybe closely by Mina Kimes. But, like, you really, you really, 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 I'm just, I'm over Tony Romo. And it's like, you need to take for Troy Aikman route, where like Troy Aikman, as his career went on, as he got in the booth longer, as he got further removed from the game, he started to become more critical of players playing the games. And like Tony Romo has taken the opposite approach, where the further away he gets from it, the more and more he falls in love with these guys. And maybe that's just his personality. Maybe he goes into his broadcast meetings on Friday and these guys just win him over week in and week out, which is a total possibility. But like CBS has to do some like gentle coaching on him this off season because he was absolutely insufferable for most of the year. That's reasonable. Like I, I don't know. I I mean, I think for me, as far as like broadcast watchability is concerned, though, I think the Manning cast honestly has set a new standard for me. I freaking love watching the Manning cast. Like they don't over talk. There, there are times when the game gets intense and they literally just like stop talking and you see all of them just sitting there like watching the game. And it's like kind of a cool moment of just like, oh, something really intense is happening. Let's all like dial it and watch it and then when it gets a little dull they're doing some little bits of fun stuff or genuinely like drawing up full plays and being like all right look at this if i was gonna do this you know and it 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 brings this kind of like i don't know in your living room feel to it rather than like these these you know um 
omnipotent uh, commentators who, who, you know, have done all that. And so I, I think more channels could probably do themselves a favor in trying to find a way to, I don't know, vibe in that direction a little bit. I think that's going to be pretty huge. Yeah. It's just, you know, a little bit nauseating at this point to, to listen to Tony Roma. But that was my Tony Roma's Roma sidebar. We can get back to the game. Let's. I, I know the story here for the Chiefs is going to be Mahomes, and and it is truly great what he did today, playing on one leg, and you could tear, tell he was clearly injured and playing through it, and it was kind of like a Jordan flu game type thing. But to me, the star of this game and the MVP for the Chiefs is Chris Jones. Chris I mean, there's just no other way around it. The guy was pretty quiet in the divisional round, but he showed up when it mattered most today and in the key spots in the first quarter when they needed stops and when they were taking care of business. And then late in the fourth, he showed up when it mattered most. And, uh, you know, it's just underrated how good he is. Is he, there's a, a legitimate debate to be had between he and Aaron Donald. I'll personally never argue against Aaron Donald just because he's a force of nature but Chris Jones is up there and in that same tier and a very good interior defensive tackle that brings a lot of pressure towards the quarterback and it you know it, it it's just a a really really you know really 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 impressive performance by him what do you think of of his day Mason I thought it was incredible too. And I, I loved honestly that Bradford brought up just on the last show about uh, his sack totals in the playoffs up until now and, and that he hadn't had any. And then tonight brings the fire, gets two of them. I, you know, it, it's, if I were a Chiefs fan, I would be really encouraged by the fact that my defense stepped up and and actually came to play and help win a game for Patrick Mahomes when he clearly needed the help. You know, again, you you saw every time he moved that that leg is clearly bothering him in some form or fashion. He can clearly put it in the back of his mind and get through it, but it it's not going to go away and you saw some of his passes definitely suffered from the fact that he can't plant as well as he should be able to. And so Jones and the whole defense really did an amazing job. There were a number of plays that were just in, genuinely incredible. Like if it, if it were for half an inch in one direction or a hand not getting up in the right place, like there would have been third down conversions and all sorts of stuff that they just, they showed up, they played. It was amazing. And I just, especially with Legereus Sneed out too, I, I genuinely believe is their second best defensive defensive player. No, I was very impressed with the defense. They they really they really stepped up this one when Mahomes clearly couldn't do it all himself, especially when there's just nobody open, man. Like when you're down to playing Jody Fortson at wide receiver, and also you're bring you're bringing in Marcus Kemp. Like, what's what are we doing, guys? Like, I don't know. To me, the main story of this game is redemption. Sorry, I have a little bit of hiccups from the soup that I've just rapidly consumed in victory. Um, <laughs> Victory soup. Victory, Victory soup. Victory soup. It is a thing that I like to do after a nice win. I'll, I'll eat a soup. Uh, anyways, I do, I do with the Oilers all the time. Um, 
I apologize. So for me, the main story of this game is redemption. Okay. There's a couple different redempt redemptive storylines all going at once in this game. Obviously, there's the Mahomes redemption for his meltdown last year. There's a Chris Jones redemption for his like game costing errors last year, where he almost had he had it. Butker missed field goals last 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 game last AFC championship. He got redemption in this one with the with this with the championship winning kick. And the one to me, I know there's a debatable block on the back on it, but the one to me that that really shocked me that Andy had the balls to do it was to throw Sky Moore back yeah. in there the Turner. I lost yeah. my shit. I want to be very clear. This is in, like an idiotic thing to do, but oh my god, it worked. And I'm so happy so happy for Sky. I'm this soup is wreaking havoc on me right now. I'm so I'm so happy for Sky that you know Andy's a coach that likes to give second chances. I, I really didn't like most of his decision making in this game, if I'm being honest with you. I, I feel like he met, made a lot of mistakes. That one was really cool, and putting all these players in a chance to have their redemption, to come back the next year and slay the demons of recent past was was really cool to see. Yeah, the can sky... I just say that Bucker was uh, swag as hell at the end of that kick, literally kicks it and then just like looks away and walks yeah. off. I'm just like, oh king, god, king, king. I hear Eric. I hear. I saw Eric tweet. I opened Twitter on my laptop. The Chiefs need a Justin Tucker type. They have their Justin Tucker type, man. People forget. Butker's the second best kicker in the game. Some missed extra points. Okay, this Ben, year. why why are they why do okay, that that was something ridiculous. The fact that CBS was like, these teams need to get within the 35 yard line to kick field goals. <laughs> it's like, what? What are you talking? And I think some of the the one of the one of Reed's decisions to punt when he was across midfield was absolutely spineless. Like, if you really do believe in Harrison Bucker, let him try to attempt a 55- to 60-yard field goal. And, like, he just showed no faith in his kicker today. That's what I took away from from it. They punted every time they could have gone for a long field goal. Rough decision-making there. For me, Andy's biggest mistake in this one is the amount of times they just didn't run the ball especially when they're hurting on receiver a little bit and they're just throwing it again and again and again. I mean, the one for me, so they get that big pick on Burrow right right near the end of the second half, right? Incredible play by Cook to tip it up in the air, right? And I think the de- decision to not even run it once on that, like the, the Chiefs' possession was over in a couple seconds. And it's like, no, you got to run, run the clock out. And sure enough, the Bengals got the ball back and scored. Like, I... I question that decision making. Like as as hilarious as it is to say, because I make I made this a talking point last week. I do think Zach Taylor outcoached Andy Reid in this game. The Bengals, I thought, had a really great game plan, a great adjustment in the second half, and all that. And it's I don't know. Andy Andy got a little lucky in this one with some of his, his the mistakes that could have backfired. But putting his players up uh, in the second chance redemption shot is is a really really cool thing to do, and I, I I'm happy that that got to happen in this game. I thought they did a great job with Travis Kelsey, though, at least. Uh, they talked about it on the broadcast of effectively turning him to a wide receiver for the game and just always pairing tight ends in with him there. So it's like, well, to do what you can against him now. Best of luck. And it really worked dividends for them. I mean, he was constantly open down the field. Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey got, like, a lot of coverage on him, too, because it wasn't like very many other Chiefs were getting open. So... Man, I don't know. I, I I feel like that 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 uh 
that Kelsey touchdown to launch him up there. Anyway, is he tied with Gronk now for all playoff touchdowns? For second, I mean, obviously behind Rose. Uh, I I don't recall. I uh, I know he passed Julian Edelman for second though, so that's that was right. Yeah, I think that. Um, What's the Jerry Rice record, by the way? Let's look twenty-two. That up really quick. Twenty-two. Oh, yeah. so he's what four behind? Then he's at like eighteen, I think. I think that was fifteen. I, I thought it was sixteen. Brock has fifteen, and Kelsey just tied him with fifteen. I think. Okay. Hmm. We'll have to do some research on that. Still impressive um, as hell. Yeah, that was my takeaway from that stat. Was that if Travis Kelsey plays like, oh, I don't know, like. three to five more years, which I think is in the cards, like he could definitely break Jerry Rice's record. Definitely. I mean, he could probably do it in two. They keep getting to the championship game like that. Gives him plenty of games to do it in. Yeah. It'll be interesting to say. Yeah, I agree with your assessment of running, but I'm just going to change, not running enough, Bradford, but I'm just going to change that a little bit. They did not utilize Isaiah Pacheco nearly enough no. in this game. And that was so shocking because literally every time Isaiah Pacheco touched the ball in this game, he made huge plays. That touchdown gets called back, but he has several critical first down pickups. He does, and He's really hard to stop, even if you don't think you can run it up the middle. He is really hard to stop when they just dump it off to him on the one of those wide receiver screen, bubble screen type things, and he just gets a head, st- head start and runs like seven to eight yards upfield before anyone starts touching him. Like, I didn't understand why they didn't use him more in this game. He must have, like, there must be something behind the scenes where he has, like, ball concern issues or something like that, but... There's no reason, especially if they go shorthanded into the Super Bowl, which hopefully they won't. Hopefully two weeks will be enough to get their wide receiver room healthy. Like, I I think that Isaiah Pacheco needs to be a huge part of the Super Bowl game plan. Like, he, he needs to be a major part of this offense because throughout really the entire year, every time he has touched football, good things have happened, and they just seem to refuse to give him volume. I, I don't understand that. He had some incredible plays in this game. Like, I I don't know. There's just – obviously, I understand. You have the best quarterback in the league. You want to throw it up. But you're helping him by at least convincing them that running is some, something that you might do. And especially with Pacheco has been so effective. There was a part of this game I, I like, face-palmed so, so hard. Ronald Jones got a carry in this game. What are we doing? Yeah, that was weird. When Ronald Jones showed up, I was like, what? Yeah, that, what, that was why? completely weird. Why is that a thing that happened? Who who asked for this to happen? Nobody needs Ronald nobody needs Ronald Jones in their life anymore. What are we doing? He's like the sixth best running back on this team. Why why is why why what are we doing, Andy? And it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, scoreboard. People remember the victors. All right. And we're the victors. And I'm very happy about that. Absolutely. I think, you know, you're on your way, Bradford. I, I do I do want to ask you a question, Eric, because you were kind of going on and on last episode about legacy. Yeah. With your little legacy wins a lot, what, what do you think this does for the leg, legacy of the QBs involved? 
does this really affect it? It feels kind of like I don't I don't know if it does. Yeah, well, Patrick Mahomes is in a tough spot because really because once you win one Super Bowl, the only way to improve your legacy is to win another one. So the only legacy game that really matters for Patrick Mahomes is next week uh, or two weeks from now when he when he plays in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow did feel like a, a little bit of like I don't know. Would you say I just don't think it's fair. Joe Burrow is not the reason the Bengals lost this game. I thought given the given the circumstances, Joe Burrow played extremely well. He had one bad throw that got away from him in the first half and then got unlucky on a tipped pass for that second interception. I, I thought overall Joe Burrow played just as well as Mahomes did. I don't know if he played just as well as Mahomes did. I, they didn't lose this game because of Burrow. They lost, lost this game because the Chiefs' pass rush absolutely brutalized them. Yeah. But uh, you could tell the offensive line wasn't fully together. No. Which also, that says something really bad about the Bills' pass rush. <laughs> the fact that they were able to get no pressure on this same offense. And, and like... On paper, the Bills and Chiefs are not that far apart, talent-wise. Pass rushing, I don't understand why, why but that, that's for another day. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> no, I was going to agree with you on that one, man. I mean, I think that the Bengals, if you look at this game and the Ravens game, that, that was the same team you saw in both games. That Bills game was clearly them walking over a team that wasn't ready to be playing football that day. Yeah. Intra- which <laughs> interesting. Uh, another guy, I just want to give a shout out on the cheat. Uh, Brett Veach, I mean, all your picks hit. I mean, Trent, Trent McDuffie changed the game with two plays and has been an elite cornerback for them for about the last month. Uh, I mean, if you add him to the mix, that's pretty good. Um, and that's that's credit to Beach. Veach. Can, so the guy with the end of the tip was Cam Ward, right? Or am I getting his name completely wrong? Ward, I'm pretty sure you're right about that. Bradford, you're the Chiefs fan. You need to help me out here. The tip wasn't it Cook? Oh yeah, what, it was Brian what, Cook. Brian Cook. But a couple of rough plays in this one, penalty wise, but he paid up for it there. Is he a rookie? Brian Cook, no. Okay. I don't. I don't think. He, I don't think he's a rookie. I mean, he's he's very young. But you I, do have a rookie in that back there, though, don't you? Ryan Cook. Not him specifically, necessarily, but pretty sure you had at least a rookie playing back there, doing some good stuff. Well, you're thinking. Well, yeah, uh, uh, Jalen Watson. He's been the thank you, Jalen Watson. It's been absolutely ridiculous because <laughs> he's relatively just like unnoticeable until he just comes up with these insane ridiculous clutch picks like it's happened it's happened i mean he had the game winning one against the chargers and like week two he had the game clinching one against the jaguars which is the insane like one hand all this yeah the chiefs especially with the sneed out it very rookie heavy defense right I mean, McDuffie, it looks like I, I may have hallucinated Cook playing last year. I think he is also still a rookie. Joshua Williams is a rookie. Uh, Jalen Watson is also a rookie. Uh, on the pass rush, Carloftis is a rookie. Like, it's such a 
unbelievably young defense. And the fact that they were able to make it to a Super Bowl with that. And a defense that was very choppy around this year. But I did like one point Tony made. I know today is kind of shit on Tony Romo Day. But they were talking about the young defense. And he was like, you make it this far, you're not a rookie anymore. And I was like, that's a great point, Tony. These aren't rookies anymore. They're, they're, they've been through the mud now. And I thought they played very admirably considering. Mm. Yeah. Was it is always very funny, and I feel bad for this guy just because, like, I genuinely don't think he's a bad NFL player. Just in the worst moments, he makes the dumbest mistakes slash gets beaten constantly. Uh, Eli Apple with that penalty. I mean, clowning Eli Apple on Twitter in late January because of either A, a stupid penalty, or B, getting absolutely torched by a nobody is just one of the greatest football traditions we have going. He's obviously good. He is obviously a good player because the Cincinnati secondary is consistently one of its best units, and he's like their number one corner, basically. But it just feels like in the big moments, he always falls apart. And it's it's just funny. So shout out Eli Apple. You had another tough day at the office. He arguably cost them a ring last year. <laughs> like, yeah. He got absolutely bullied. And then I know a lot of it was just like Cooper Cup, just like, what are you gonna do? He had one of the greatest seasons a receiver ever had. But like, damn man, you, you can't it wouldn't be a problem if he just kept his mouth shut. Like that's the thing. You can't you can't talk like that and then be mad when it's thrown back into your face, right? I mean, it's like like Kelsey. Oh man, Kelsey was on a heater after this game. Did you see that? Kelsey had two absolute banger quotes. Like I was watching the the post game thing, and Mahomes is like, you know, I just want to, I just want to thank God. And then Kelsey just bursts. He's like, whoa, Burrow had my ass. And I'm like, oh yo. And and the thing he's like, he's like, look at this nice, lovely trophy. I got some words for that that mayor down in Cincinnati. Mind your business and shut your mouth, you jabroni. And I'm like, wow, Kelsey's on a heater. You can't talk shit and expect it not to come back on you. And Eli Apple has now done this two years in a row, man. Like, it's just, it's clown stuff, and it distracts from the whole team. Like, it shouldn't be a narrative at all. Like, and it could be solved just by not talking. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I uh, just wanted to give the yearly shout-out to Eli Apple totally collapsing on himself in the playoffs. Always, always funny. Always, always a good time. Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. We'll have a lot of time to talk about the Super Bowl over the next two weeks, but the Chiefs are heading there, and I think that's that's all we got for this game. Uh, on to the NFC side, which I don't even know how to talk about this game, to be completely honest with you. Eagles I do have a nice stat for the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles win 31-7. Mason, why don't you start us off with a nice stat, and then I'll, 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 I have a little soliloquy here. They are currently outscoring their opponents uh, by 69-14. to 14. Wow. That's, that's, that's rough. That is a nice stat, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to talk about this game because for as unlucky as teams feel like they get with injuries, to me, 
there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that the team with the worst injury luck in the league, based on pure severity of injuries and the position groups it affects, is the San Francisco 49ers. Because throughout the Kyle Shanahan era, the storyline is always the same. They're always playing with their backup quarterback. And then eventually, their backup quarterback always gets hurt. The fact the 49ers were are down to their fourth quarterback this season and they were in the NFC title game is absolutely absurd. Like, that, it's just absolutely absurd. And it's absolutely absurd that I know the scoreline doesn't say it. But this game, to me, was competitive. Like, this was a competitive game outside of the fourth quarter when the Eagles pulled away. The Eagles had a total of, let me do some quick math in my head here, 269 yards? Like, they were held to 269 yards. The best offense in football, arguably, this year was held to 269 yards by a dominant defensive performance from the 49ers. And honestly, the only reason the 49ers weren't in this game was because Josh Johnson came in, and then Josh Johnson started looking good, and then Josh Johnson got a concussion, and they basically had to run Brock Purdy back out to just run a wildcat offense. I feel so bad for 49ers fans, because I, I know you're a Bills fan, Mason, and I know you probably have something to say with that. But over this generation of NFL football, from the Ravens Super Bowl to several NFC championship losses, no one has gotten closer and fallen shorter and had worse luck throughout it all than the San Francisco 49ers. It's just tough to watch every year. Sure, the, the, and I'll give the Eagles for flowers. They are definitely the best team in the NFC. Jalen Hurts is great. He had a great day throwing the football today. But, man, it just, it's got to suck to be a San Francisco 49ers fan just because they, they just get, they get screwed constantly by this stuff that they have no control over, basically. It's it's genuinely unbelievable at this point how many quarterbacks get hurt in Kyle Shanahan's system. Like there there's gotta be some satanic deal involved here to to make this a possibility at this point. You don't see that many quarterback injuries on multiple teams, much less one. And I, I, my wife's watching the game, and she's like, why are they handing the ball off? And I'm like, what else do you want them to do? And she's like, bring someone in there who can throw the ball. I'm like, they did that. He got concussed. He's gone now. Like, they're back to a guy who can't feel his right arm. It's like, I don't know what you could possibly want, because the Broncos already showed you the blueprint of what happens if you put somebody in there who doesn't throw NFL passes. You go one for nine. I mean, Christian McCaffrey at least looked absolutely stunning the entire time still. He almost pulled what he pulled in the freaking uh, that, that Panthers days, it felt like. That that touchdown run, and I've, I've been watching football for about five to eight years now. Well, yeah, probably about eight years now. I think that touchdown run is the greatest 
run I've ever seen. Like, hands down. I can't think of anything that eclipses it. Like I, the I only one that tops it for me would be probably the beast quake. It was jet. That one was incredible watching a man one-on-one put another guy into the ground and then get up and keep running. Yeah. It's the only reason it beats it for me, but it was a, such a close second. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I just, I, I could not believe he got out of that and, and, and scored a touchdown in the process. He the hit Niners, like four bodies on his way. It was unbelievable. The Niners have such a fascinating offseason upcoming because they don't have their first round draft pick. They they've might they're probably losing their defensive coordinator to a, a head coaching job. And I think this game has to make could have potentially saved them a lot of money because I don't think you have to give Brock Purdy a super huge deal after getting injured in the NFC title game because you never saw if he could win the NFC title game. You 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 still have room for assessment and evaluation. And I think this injury makes that camp battle between Lance and Purdy the most interesting one to watch next year because I, I, I don't know. It, it does not feel... I know a week ago we felt like Brock Purdy was the future, but after today and just because of one unfortunate play, I do feel like the door opens up for open competition next year between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. And there was always going to be open competition. Trey Lance is the third overall pick. I would argue, though, maybe we didn't see if if, if they could win this game with him, but we definitely saw they couldn't win it without him, <laughs> you know? Like – like, look, like that. For all the talk people give him, he's just a system quarterback. Well, the system certainly didn't work without him. Like, at least he's better than Josh Johnson. We know that. Yeah, it would have been nice to see him finish that game, but unfortunately, that's what the 49ers did. Uh, they were pretty sloppy though, too. They were they were pretty sloppy though, too. I mean, I know the officiating was bad, but man, the amount of penalties they committed, and then watching. 149er try to kill Bosa with an Eagles player was probably one of the more entertaining shots I saw all day. It was like, oh my God. Like, you didn't need to throw him like that in the first place, and you damn near took out your best player last night. Jesus, guy. Yeah, I think, I don't know, with the Niners, I agree with you saying about them just being the unluckiest team. It feels like just unfortunate things trap them outside their control. But you know what? I mean, you still got to look at this as a bright future, right? It's not like this this machine that they've assembled is falling apart this offseason, right? I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I feel bad for Shanahan at this point. I feel like this guy just can't catch a break. Yeah. It, Do you think he'd be willing to go after like Derek Carr? I was would Derek Carr would, would okay if you want a Derek the Derek Carr experience you just stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, what's the difference? Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt all the time. Jimmy Garoppolo's way hotter. Yeah, but I mean, he also spends time on your IR. That's that's true. I don't know. I I don't think Derek Carr is the thing that pushes it over the top. Like you might as well just stick with whatever cheap rookie you'll be able to play. Yeah. I mean, they'll have because the thing is they'll have 
for at least now they'll have like the uh, a cheap quarterback since Jimmy G is going to be off the books next year one way or another, and so they'll be able to invest even more in the machine around it than the exact situation like. It sucks. I mean, this should have been such a good game. This was like the two best teams in the NFC. Undoubtedly, this was going to be an instant classic, and we just got robbed of it, and it sucks. Yeah. Am I... I just... I just want to ask, you you know, am I being... Oh, am I being overly critical here? I I just was not that impressed by what the Eagles offense did. Like they 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 got their touchdowns when they needed it. They ran the ball effectively, but I I thought the 49ers came with a very distinct game plan. They were not going to let the Eagles beat them with explosive plays and aside from one catch that probably shouldn't have been a catch. They didn't really get beat by explosive plays. They got beat by poor turnovers by their fourth string quarterback and the fact that the Eagles basically had a short field every time they got the ball. I'm with you on that, man. That's why I really want, would have loved to have seen Brock Purdy finish the game. I think there really would have been a solid chance that they kept it in it because even if they just don't turn the ball over and keep giving the Eagles the advantage every time they're on offense, I think that's a much, much different game. Because outside of I mean, his receivers bailing him out on a couple of those balls, I don't know that I was necessarily as impressed with Jalen Hurts today. Uh, I mean, the receivers, I think, actually across the board for both games had some pretty amazing catches today. There were just, like, some absolute circus. I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, we can't get, like, more than one guy to make half of those catches on the belt. Can we honor any of these people? Like, people with no names just jumping up there making one-handed catches. Apparently, you can catch footballs. I was unaware of that. I was certain you just had to swat them down if they passed 10 yards. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I, I know this isn't a, a a Bills episode, but it does highlight the importance of having guys like that, right? Like that's kind of yeah. where things like among other things, that's kind of where it's gone wrong for the Bills. And it's like I think in this age of of where the NFL is in, in kind of an offensive minded place, I think importance on getting just uh, weapons arsenal is more important now than it's ever been. Yeah, and you can yep. pay dividends this whole playoffs, right? Like the teams that win are usually the ones with the better weapons. Yeah, I point and catch a ball. If you can do it, you're great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really do think that you look at pretty much every team that lost earlier in the playoffs this year, the number one thing that I would say would make them better would be go out and get more weapons. Like, Every playoff team should basically be trying to draft a wide receiver in the first two rounds because they, 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 you know, the Bengals, sure, they have Tyler Boyd, but he got hurt. They could have used, you know, some more depth. You know, you look at the Niners, like, you could, like, sure, you got a lot of guys making plays, but, like, wouldn't have hurt to have one more. And then who knows? Maybe. 
the Niners, it's tough just because the quarterback thing was so, so devastating. Yeah, I think I think that just takes them out of the mix altogether. When you when you go down to your fourth string quarterback and then back to your injured third string quarterback, that's kind of yeah gives you a pass on whatever happened. Yeah, it's just tough. I, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I think there's definitely a strong chance they'll be back in this game next year. But facts are facts. He's got to he's got to get back to the Super Bowl soon. Like he like th- this whole era in San Francisco has just been punctuated by the fact that they've gotten to this big game four times, four times basically, and they've only gone to the Super Bowl once. And he's, you know, he's it, running the Andy Reid career arc. Like yeah. straight up, <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Like same thing, and I guarantee if this keeps happening, there'll be a time where it's like the Niners, like this is an excellent coach, but we just want to move on culture-wise. And you know Shanahan's gonna have a great second leg of his career somewhere, but like, it, you're you're right. Like this needs to this needs to work out for him eventually soon. Yeah, it 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 does, and I mean he is clearly a. I would argue the best offensive mind in football. I mean, he made Brock Purdy look like a, a quality NFL starter for which he is for two months. And like, I, I just, yeah, I do want to give credit to the Eagles. You know, the defensive line ultimately was the difference here for them defensively. They've just got stars all over, pretty much. Um, I mean, ending the day with ending the day with three sacks, pretty good. Um, they've just got players at every level of every level of the defense, and they just played a complete game. And I think that becomes the most interesting subplot of the Super Bowl is the fact that the Eagles have the best defense the Chiefs have seen all year. That's that's just a fact. And the Chiefs have not seen a better defense than the Eagles will show them. And it'll be interesting to see how how they how they respond. So yeah, plenty of time to talk about the Eagles, but did you guys have anything else? I just feel like it's really hard to talk about them in this game because they didn't do anything super special up. Again, I'll just say it, they didn't do anything special offensively. Like they 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 ran the ball well, and they just took care of business. I mean, I, I I don't know. Am I underplaying the Eagles here at all? I mean, it is fair to consider their opponent. You know, 49ers have had the best defense in the league, and so, you know, they're not going to be running into them again. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, I think we can wrap up. This uh this championship weekend recap, boys. I'm about to send you on a, a week vacation. We will have a podcast out uh mid to late this week where we will not talk about the Super Bowl. We will just talk about a bunch of off season stuff and news that has come out around the league. We'll probably touch on some of the Aaron Rodgers speculation. Hopefully, some more head coaches will get hired between now and Wednesday. Um. We'll talk about the Broncos head coaching odyssey, which has been interesting to to track. But boys, thank you so much. Both of you have been wonderful all year. Thank you so much for, for being excellent podcast co-hosts and 
uber dedicated and and with me the whole way and we'll see you back here for super bowl week a big week expect i am in a conference in la next next weekend i so i won't be back monday but tuesday wednesday thursday i plan on having shows out every one of those days and hell maybe friday might just might as well just do every day of the week talking about you know media night super bowl stories we'll probably have ryan kearney on to talk eagles you know you know there's just a a lot to a lot to focus on heading into the big game but until then we're going to take kind of a light week one more episode this week with donnie and ryan probably until then thank you all so much for listening thank you both for being excellent co-hosts and we will see you all on wednesday How about those Chiefs? How about those Chiefs? Peace out.